What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. Adam Lowe is the Chief Innovation Officer at Compo Secure and Arculus. I really enjoyed this conversation with Adam. In it, we talk all about securing your private keys, how to do self-custody, and also Arculus and the product they've built. I really hope that you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Let's get into the episode and learn all about self-custody. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, guys. Bang, bang. I've got Adam here with me. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to do this. Great. Great to be here. Absolutely. Let's just jump into uh, kind of this user journey. Everyone comes into the Bitcoin and crypto industry. Uh, they say, hey, that looks awesome. I want to allocate some capital to that uh, space. It may be because they're running from inflation. It may be because they think that this is part of their portfolio construction. Or it simply could just be like, hey, I think I'm going to make money, right? And I'm a capitalist and I want to just uh, uh, have uh, the number go up, if you will. But as they start that user journey, it usually starts with exchanges or some sort of like publicly traded vehicle. And then as the value grows, they move towards a hardware wallet. So walk us through kind of how that journey, journey normally happens in your experience. Sure. I think everybody gets excited and almost everyone uh, purchases Bitcoin through a centralized exchange as their first journey. Right. Uh, the term Bitcoin is actually Googled many multiples of times more than crypto itself. So uh, everybody generally picks their favorite centralized exchange, uh, goes through a know your customer event, KYC event, and then purchases Bitcoin. Um, I do want to pause there. And if, if that's where you stop, the most important thing you can do is turn on multi-factor authentication, uh, because if you have poor password hygiene or even if your password hygiene is good, um, hackers are really creative and they can get in your account. So I would really encourage you if you stop there, turn on multi-factor identification. Um, so from there, I think people kind of branch out. They buy different currencies, they get interested in um, NFTs, they get interested in tokens of currencies. Uh, and that's where on a centralized exchange, you can sometimes get a little limited. Um, you have limited staking options, right? Where you're effectively earning interest. You have um, limited DeFi options where you can also earn yield. It's really interesting. So from there, people um, start gravitating towards hardware wallets where they own their own keys. So I think it's really important to understand that when you're on a centralized exchange, you do not own the private keys to your crypto. So we like to say your keys, your crypto. In this case of a centralized exchange, they hold the keys. They are literally the custodian of your crypto and the custodian of your keys. So in that scenario, you are trusting them uh, with your crypto. And as we've seen from uh, various news articles. If, uh, if they think that your account gets drained and it's your fault due to passwords or other things, they will not reimburse your crypto. And so once somebody decides that uh, that's not the solution for them, right? what do they do next in terms of, I'm not going to leave it on an exchange, what do I do? Sure. So there's a couple different uh, wallet options out there. There's kind of warm wallets where uh, it's software on your phone or on your computer where you do hold your own keys um, but then your keys are stored on your phone. Your private keys are stored on your phone or on the computer or in the cloud, uh, and those can be vulnerable. Uh, so most people uh, that are very security conscious opt for a hardware wallet, cold storage wallet, uh, which is 
what Arculus is. Um, examples of those are where you maintain your own keys. They live on this hardware device and um, they're never exposed and they're never in the clear. So because you own your own keys, it, it's basically impossible um, to, to hack your crypto, which is, which is really important. And because you do own your own keys, it gives you opportunities to enter into the DeFi space and the staking space and some of the more advanced things people do with their crypto uh, once they start amassing it. So when you think about uh, owning your own private keys, obviously there's a couple of different reasons for that, but how do you describe to people? Like what is the importance or why should you own those private keys? Yeah, I mean, the, the fundamental reason to own your own private keys in my mind is to control your own destiny and to really empower yourself to do whatever you want to do with your crypto. If you own your own keys, you literally have to affirmatively decide to do something with your crypto every time you want to do it. Nobody's going to lend your crypto out and not tell you. Nobody's going to flip your crypto and not tell you. And nobody's going to access your crypto without you knowing. So by owning your own keys, you can literally make every decision associated uh, with your currencies. And I think fundamentally, that's an important choice for many people who, who get into crypto. They, they like this independence. They like the empowerment. And to your earlier point, you know, they, they like the hedge against inflation. So for all of those reasons, I, I like controlling my own destiny and my own security. Yeah, I tend to think that that's a pretty good way to approach life, uh, both in uh, Bitcoin and crypto and also not. But uh, talk to me about Arculus in terms of what is different about the offering that you all have versus maybe other uh, hardware wallets or uh, private key management systems. Sure. So we, when we looked at the market, you know, we felt that there was a lot of friction around current hardware wallets. So if you ever see them, there are many, they're basically USB sticks with a tiny screen and tiny buttons. They're kind of hard to navigate, they're hard to use, and it takes a very long time to confirm a transaction, send a transaction, anything. And the, the average user honestly can't use them. So we wanted to solve that problem. So Arculus's parent, CompoSecure, has a 20-year history in banking and fintech, and we use that knowledge and experience to create Arculus. So Arculus uses three factors of authentication to keep your crypto safe, it uses the beautiful card behind me to store your private keys on a best-in-class secure element. Uh, it uses uh, biometric as a second factor, and it uses PIN as a third. So importantly, we like to say it's something you have, something you know, and something you are. And those three things together keep your crypto safe. Uh, so in that situation, I think a lot of people say, oh, that's amazing. Like I have the physical card, I have a biometric, and then I have the PIN. What happens if I forget the PIN or I lose the card? How does it work? Sure. So uh, for people who have used uh, an independent wallet before where you maintain your own keys, you get a recovery phrase. So during the setup of your Arculus wallet or many other wallets out there, you're given 12 words that represent your private key in plain English. You should keep those in a vault or a safe, and that's your recovery means. So if you lose your Arculus card, you break your Arculus card, scrape an ice off a window, whatever with it, um, then you can get a new Arculus card, enter in your 12 words, and you're back in business. What's just as important is if you lose your Oculus card on the street, no one else has access to your crypto. They don't have your PIN, they don't have your biometric, your crypto's safe. Yeah, and I, I guess part of this is you want to create a system that keeps other people out, but also uh, doesn't prevent uh, people just from daily life, right? If you lose the card or forget the PIN, uh, I've got plenty of accounts that I've forgotten passwords to over time, et cetera. And uh, there's always a way to get it back, but uh, it just may be difficult or, or hard for somebody externally to do. Talk to me a little bit about some of the common misconceptions around uh, private key management, uh, things that maybe folks have heard before, but aren't necessarily true. Sure. So I think um, 
everybody's heard the story of, oh, I heard that guy had that thing and he only got 10 attempts and then it got locked out and he lost 50 million or 60 million. Everybody makes up the number of Bitcoin. So uh, that is kind of from the olden days, you know, the Satoshi era of Bitcoin as it's called. So there are very old widgets that people lock themselves out of. That was before you had uh, recovery seed phrases that were engineered by the community. So you can't really lock yourself out of your crypto anymore when you uh, when you have a hardware device. Really, the only thing that could happen would be is if you would lose everything. I lost my phone. I lost my card. I lost my recovery seed. Well, that's that's a problem. Uh, but you know it, the the weird stories I hear are oh owning my own keys or managing my own keys are going to be hard. No, it's not. It's actually really simple. You know we put the great user interface on the app that's free that allows you to manage your crypto and then all the security stays on the passive card where it needs to be. So I think the biggest misnomer is it's hard. Um, I actually think the user experience is easier than when you're on a major exchange, tabbing out, going to Google Authenticator, man memorizing such digits, getting back in before the timer runs out. I think our user experience is better than that. One of the other misconceptions I've heard people say before is, oh, I'm gonna use this um, key management system or this hardware device. How do I know that the company doesn't have access or how do I come up with the trust that I have to put into the business versus the actual uh, kind of my capabilities, if you will? Sure. So I think trust comes at two levels. The first is who are you dealing with? So as I mentioned, um, Arculus is parented by CompoSecure who manages and makes uh, financial cards for the largest banks in the world. So we think that brings a significant amount of credibility to start. Um, you know, we've managed keys for the largest banks in the world and they trust us to do so. The other important thing on our hardware wallet is we never have access to any of your keys. So the card essentially comes in a ready state. And then when it gets to the user, you say, create my wallet. The card creates your keys and gives you your backup phrase. So we never have any knowledge of your keys and therefore to never have any knowledge of your crypto. Um, you don't even create an account with Arculus. So you fire up the app, you create your wallet and you, you get going. So the we, we purposely create this privacy and division so that we have absolutely no knowledge of, of what's going on with your account. Yeah, the key to that is basically people don't have to trust you not to uh, not to be evil in the uh, in the terms of uh, Google a little bit, right? But more so just if you never have access, they don't have to worry about it. What are some of the big mistakes that people make in terms of managing their own keys? I, I could imagine one being they don't write down the seed phrase, which would be a huge problem. Are there other big ones? Um, I think the other big one is, and, and to be fair, we, we try to prevent that. So we actually make you confirm your 12 words before you go on. So you can't just say, yeah, 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 okay, whatever, and then move on and, and never see them again. So we, we do prevent that problem. Um, I think the other problem I've seen is when people get excited, I've seen people have two, three, four wallets, and they forget which phrase is associated with which wallet and can kind of get that mixed up. But I think we've set up the system to make it easy enough where there's it's, it's not challenging anymore um, to, to manage your own keys. I think the other mistake some people make is forgetting what is on a centralized exchange versus on their hardware wallet. So they're trying to balance between, um, you know, how much is on my Coinbase, how much is on my hardware wallet, et cetera. But the nice thing is you can import into Arculus with your 12 words, or you can always send crypto over the chain. And then what is the best practice uh, or common mistakes people make around the seed phrase itself? Do they write it down on a piece of paper that they lose? Do you know, like, what are those mistakes? And then kind of, I guess, what is like the best practice from a seed phrase um, kind of preservation, if you will? Sure. So I think there's 
two important best practices. Uh, one is I always keep my seed phrases on something analog. That doesn't sound sexy, but writing it down in ink that's not going to fade on acid-free paper that you know cannot be accessed electronically anywhere and then stored in a safe vault, I think is a best practice. Um, in, I put mine in a, in a fireproof bag that goes inside a vault. So, you know, what's really nuanced there is everybody wants to store their seed phrase digitally, but, you know, if it's in the cloud, it's accessible. If this analog piece of paper is in your vault, it's not. So it doesn't sound as fun or sexy, but I actually think it's a much better practice to keep your seed phrase analog, safe, and completely separate. Uh, the second is making sure a loved one that you trust has access to it in case something happens to you. Um, the, the kind of second largest problem is that, you know, uh, things happen in life and, and we're no longer around and our loved ones need to access our crypto. So making sure your loved ones understand it enough to use it, know where it is. You put it with an attorney with your will, if it's a really large amount of crypto, um, really significant. And I, I think, you know, that's the, the second largest problem I've seen is a, a loved one, a wife, whatever gets this piece of paper and has no conception of what those 12 words mean. When you think about the seed phrase, is it something where you should write it down on just one piece of paper uh, and keep it kind of analog, or should people actually create multiple versions of this and kind of keep it, you know, in different places, put it in a bank safety deposit box or whatever? Like, how do you think about that versus no, if you write it down too many places and put it too many places, that actually could be a bad thing. Sure. So if as your crypto wealth rises, you should think about additional security. So for people with substantive amounts of crypto, uh, you can. I still keep them analog, but you can put them in, you know, attorney gets four of the 12, uh, safe B gets another four of the 12 and safe C gets another third of the 12. So that is another way to increase your security because you're not going to be able to access the crypto uh, without all 12 words. Got it. And then when you think about best practices, how do you think about actually designing it in a way that, um, you know, if I'm with somebody new to managing my private keys, how do I set this up? Is it put... 10% of whatever I own, if it's a material amount on uh, kind of a, a hardware device and then have 10 of those, should I have two of them? Uh, is there something around uh, the ability to actually manage various um, uh, kind of seed phrases across various devices? Like how do you just think about, okay, here's how I would design it if I was thinking about security, uh, regardless of what a material percentage would be for somebody? Sure. So if, if I had a, a substantive amount of crypto and I was thinking about how I wanted to manage my portfolio, I would take. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to put down uh, how much someone wants to trade or not. I would. I would keep the amount I want to actively trade on a centralized exchange, right? And they even have some vault functions that have gotten better that a lot. They keep your actively traded crypto a bit safer. So I would start there. So I would. I would know how much of my total portfolio I want to actively trade on a daily or weekly basis, and I would keep that there. The balance of that, I would move to one or more hardware wallets. Um, I would argue for more. Um, so we have a few people that have substantive amount of crypto and the way they kept it clean was I have a lot of Bitcoin. I have a lot of Ethereum and I have a lot of XRP. So they bought their Bitcoin hardware wallet, put it in place A, Ethereum, put it in place B, XRP, put it in place C. And that way mentally they could just keep it nice and clean as to how they divvied up their assets. Got it. And then when you think about uh, the ability to go from uh, buying something on an exchange to uh, the hardware wallet. And then at some point, if somebody wants to sell something and buy a house or they want to use the assets, how do you think about um, kind of the best practices or design uh, from being able to transfer from the exchanges to the hardware wallet and then hardware wallet back to an exchange if that's what they desire to do? 
Sure. So there's a couple of different ways to do that. Um, the biggest thing that users need to look at is fees. Um, most crypto is pretty fee efficient, and I would just send it over the chain. It's the easiest and most straightforward way. Uh, Ethereum has not been so fee efficient, especially if you're holding tokens lately. Um, you know, people should understand how expensive it is, and and our app clearly displays it before you send a token. But there are horror stories of of people sending ERC twenties lately and and spending more in Ethereum than the tokens themselves were worth. So th that's a it's an important point that someone should look at. But that said, I think the easiest way is just simply send it over the chain. Um, it'll arrive there and you can sell it. One thing I would encourage users to do is to understand the fee structure of the exchanges. Some are more fee efficient than others, as well as the option to go to a stable coin. Uh, sometimes it's much more expensive to go into actual dollars where you could go into USDC or other dollar-backed stable coins and you could actually spend that and buy a house with it just as the same you would for a dollar, but it may be much more fee efficient due to the way the exchange is structured. And when you think about the uh, management side, you already talked a little bit about making sure a loved one has the um, kind of access to seed phrase, can access the assets. Do you guys think at all about like wills or any sort of documentation or anything that people should put in place around security as well? Uh, even up to put, should they put the seed phrase in the document? Like, like just how do you think about that? Sure. I would not put the C phrase in the document because you never know where the asset's going to end up. Like you may move it to another wallet and that's antiquated and nobody likes updating their will, right? And everybody puts that off. So I would associate um, part or all of my 12 word seed phrase with the attorney and with the estate of the will, depending on security levels. Um, but I wouldn't actually write it into the will because it may change over time. The most important, not most important, one of the most important things to do is specify who gets it. Right. It's an asset, just the same as cash, just the same it is as a house. And, you know, you don't want to nicely develop, divvy up cash and house and somebody over, arguing over your Bitcoin and HBAR. And when you start to think about um, the peer to peer nature of the asset, it feels like this is only going to become more uh, pervasive. Right. Money is one of the most viral products in the world. And so more people keep coming in. Uh, is this something where all of society is going to have to become comfortable and, and kind of educated? Uh, on managing private keys, and that's going to become the standard? Or do you feel like there's almost this uh, maybe early adopter cohort or tech forward cohort that's going to be really the ones trying to manage their private keys, but in the world, kind of future world, you don't see everyone actually doing it? Uh, I feel like it's going to diverge a little bit. I think people need to get used to managing private keys, but may not need to think of it so explicitly. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Arculus also supports the FIDO standard and can be an auth FIDO authenticator on our B2B side. So there you're literally managing private keys and you don't even know it. So as uh, medical records and other parts of your daily life get locked by digital keys instead of passwords and shared secrets, which are terrible, people will maybe managing uh, private keys and not even knowing it. Uh, specific to the crypto world, I do think you're going to see a little of a divergence um, where People who are interested in true DeFi, really pushing the boundaries of crypto, it's going to diverge and a, a significant amount of the population is going to go there just because it's very fee efficient, it's very peer-to-peer, -peer, and really it's where you can make the most money. And some percentage of the population is going to stay on the centralized exchanges, feels more like a traditional bank. Um, I think the percentage and how that goes depends mostly upon regulation and, and how much FDIC-like products are going to end up at those centralized exchanges because... At the end of the day, if consumers lose a ton of money on the centralized exchanges and it's not backed up by some insurance product, then I, I think that's going to be a bad day.
When you think about uh, Arculus and kind of building the product, what's the biggest challenges that you all face uh, or, or the things that you say, hey, look, you know, these are our big focus right now. We got to get uh, either over them or, or kind of reach these milestones in order to continue to see progress in the business. Sure. So I, I can talk to what consumers are asking for the most. Uh, we came out with a, a pretty decent list of crypto, uh, but everybody wants their own favorite crypto. So the, the biggest question we get is when you, can you add crypto XYZ? And I can assure the community we are actively working on uh, adding as many as we can. I would say the biggest challenge to that is less technical and more regulatory. So doing this in a regulatory compliant way is incredibly important to Arculus uh, and our community. And uh, that to me is the biggest challenge of the entire industry is what are the rules and how do I comply with them? Yeah, I think that that is uh, especially important if you're the one who's basically saying, hey, we will help protect your assets, right? You, you uh, probably have to take a, a perspective on them. Where, um, where can people go if they want to try the Arculus product? Uh, is there some uh, place where they can go learn about it and, and actually uh, purchase the product? Sure. You can visit getarculus.com. Uh, there's a variety of videos where you can learn about it. it, has a great get started, and you can purchase it directly there. Awesome. And then where can we send people to follow you, Adam, either online or, uh, or anything that you're putting out on Twitter or a blog, anything like that? Sure. The handle is at this is Arculus, and that's the same handle on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Obviously, as more and more people are coming into the industry, especially as prices are hitting all-time highs, I think there's a lot of people asking questions around how should they secure their private keys, what's the best practices, what are the common misconceptions, and then how should they design kind of the security of their setup. So I appreciate taking the time to uh, help everyone understand that today. And everyone should go check out getarculus.com. Uh, and we'll definitely have to do this again in the future. Awesome. Thank you very much.